Welcome everyone to the Wild Will Throwdown episode 12. My name is Wild Will Greenwell, of course, and we have a great show for you today. Episode 12, hard to believe we've reached 12 episodes. Now, of course, this week we will cover this past weekend's result with my buddy Hawk Harold Adams with Race 8 like always. And a very special guest today, of course, coming off a win with the National Compact Touring Series at the Roval 40. Uh, Mr. Nick Cooper will be joining us. Then we talk about some of the events coming up this weekend for June 23rd through the 25th. And can you believe it? The last weekend in June of racing is coming up. But first, let's bring in my colleague, Mr. Hawk Harold Adams. Hawk, we're coming off of another busy, busy, hot weekend of racing. Man, what do you think? Last weekend of June coming up. Can you believe it? Yeah, season just keeps rolling right along. And finally, we're into some warm, dry weather here. So we get some uh, racing in and don't have to worry about the uh, precip too much. Don't have to worry about jackets, all that. So we can enjoy a little bit of nice summer racing here, getting in nice little dry trend here. Maybe a little bit too warm for some people, but I'd much rather have the warmth than the cold, that's for sure. But yeah, we had a busy weekend this weekend, especially for me. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, busy. and That's pretty tough for an old man, but uh, it's always good to have Monday off and rest. Well, some of us can't be that fortunate. You know, but here we go. Uh, let's kick it off, but let's talk about something that everyone's talking about. The big story continues to be the national tire shortage and the economy in general. Of course, fuel, food, everything, but tires that that seems to be the question of course you and i were at mount lawn we'll get to the results a little bit later on in the show but we spoke to glenn luckett the cra race director and he says he doesn't see this ending anytime soon unfortunately you know it keeps getting worse it seems like it's just crazy how things happen yeah i know we we keep talking about it week in week out and uh it's because it is an issue and it is a, a big topic that everybody's talking about People think it's going to go away soon, but as you said, we talked to uh, Luckett up there, and uh, kind of the the feel we got was it's not going away anytime soon, and it may be a while. So instead of actually getting better, it seems to be getting worse because we keep hearing about different races maybe getting postponed, canceled, what have you. So uh, I mean, hopefully that can get resorted, you know, resolved pretty soon, and uh, we won't have to lose too many races. But uh, you know, it's a it's an issue that's ongoing. And it's just something we just have to keep watching. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, you know, talking about this, CRA, that's a big deal. Uh, you know, Racing America purchased the CRA, uh, Championship Racing Association. Um, Bob Sargent, I guarantee it, one of the most famous promoters out there, as he just got done promoting the Knoxville National uh, Dirt Race up there for the Truck Series. Uh, so, yeah, that's hard to see. You know, those guys are limited on tires in the CRA divisions. You know, we just got done with the Vores Welding CRA Late Model Sportsman, and they were having tire issues as well. But let's talk about the positives, get into a great weekend of results. Let's start off with the high banks at Salem Speedway. We held the Roval 100 for the Crown Vicks this weekend, the MR Heating and Air-sponsored Crown Vicks. And wow, what a show that was. Let's be honest, front-wheel drive car count was not what we wanted, but still a good show. As, uh, of course, my guest today, Nick Cooper, picked up that win. And, you know, we talk about that. Man, James Blanchard, last lap pass, clinched his third event on a Roval Road course. Uh, very cool to see, you know, the, the I guess you could say, the reputation of that race this past weekend was a very clean race. All the drivers said it was a clean race. You know, some strategy, that's the fun thing about a Roval 100 because some guys fell off too quickly. They were trying to save something, but some saved too much. But TJ Donahoe was flying in that D19 machine. And James Blanchard, of course, he backed off first part of it, pulled the right strategy towards the end, uh, picked it up, and just, man, last lap pass. 
But uh, great weekend overall at Salem Speedway. Um, you know, more to come and more um, information on that Firecracker 200 weekend next week's episode. We will talk more about that. Uh, but now let's head down where you are, Hawk, at the Sports Drum Speedway. Yeah, another great uh, night of action down at the Sports Drome. Uh, basically a regular night, plus they added the uh, Young Gun front-wheel drive and the Powder Puff division onto the card, so it was a full slate of action. Uh, looking at the feature winners uh, in the modified figure eight, uh, it was the zero car, Matt Johnson, of course the son of the famous Raymond Johnson, picking up the win. And in the sportsman division, it was uh, 42, David Ross, uh, take, uh, taking the victory, holding off the uh, 20 of Marcus Elliott. He got there late with no practice, had a good run, almost pulled off the victory, had to settle for second. Uh, in the uh, Young Gun front-wheel drive division, uh, they normally run on certain Fridays with the karting show, but every once in a while they run on Saturdays with the regular show. Uh, they were on uh, the schedule. The uh, 08 of Bradley Watkins won that uh, feature event for the uh, young guns, which is from uh, 10, and 10 years to 17-year-olds. Uh, in the uh, Ford Ovals, uh, we had the 154 Landon Elder picking up the victory there. And in the second A feature, if you will, the number 14, Philip Boudreaux, who has won several races on dirt in the past. This was actually his first feature win on asphalt. So congratulations to Philip Boudreaux picking up the win there. And also, uh, they had a consolation event, uh, the 646 Brian Meek taking the victory there. Uh, the Ford figure eight uh, ended up being a wild finish. Uh, ended up with the 91 of Jacob Robertson taking the victory home there. And then uh, they had the Ford Powder Puff division. And once again, uh, all season long, they've had a different winner every race. And that trend kept going again as the 281 Kenna Day took the victory there in her first victory and she got one of my uh, race eight plaques sponsored by race eight and jim barry collision center commemorating the first career feature win of uh canada day so she got one of those plaques and uh, she'll be putting that on the wall proudly and uh, hopefully many more as a very impressive win there so another night of great action all the way around at sports Drome. Thank you so much, sir. And, uh, of course, Sports Drum Speedway down in Jeffersonville, Indiana. Uh, actually, Clarksville. But uh, that was something we talked about. You know, it's always been to the Jeffersonville Sports Drum Speedway. Uh, but now we're going to go to a place where I'm headed this Saturday night for my first time in the booth. Actually, a lot of people don't know. The first time I ever picked up a, a microphone, it was at Brownstown with James Essex in the booth back in, I think, 14 or 15, possibly, before we head on down to South Carolina. Um, so now, this past Saturday night was the... I uh, believe Don Russ Memorial. Uh, that was for the all-in-one, um, excuse me, all-in-one pulls pure stock event, and Dustin Carr picked up that win. The P3 Graphics Indiana Late Model Series, which will be in action this week as well, was clinched by Tyler Collins. Billy Heil picked up the flag-to-flag -flag media crown Vic victory as they had 17 crown Vicks in attendance. Tucker Chastain won the Pewter Hall Super Stocks, and Michael Brewer. Man, big subject, man. Every event at Brownstown so far in the Hornet division, he has picked up. So, wow, just a very impressive run for him. Now, Hawk, our friends up at the Indianapolis Speedrome had a huge 22nd annual Jake's 150 for the World Figure 8 Tour. We were impressed with this guy, Jeffrey Shackelford. Picks up another win in the Troy Hughes' own number 28 ride. He's on a row, and what did he say in that uh, interview? 
Nexus 3R. What do you think about that? Oh, yeah, there's no reason to think that now, uh, after getting a couple big wins this season, that uh, there's no reason to believe that he can't pull off a big win in the 3R. And, uh, you know, he's always been a good driver. His dad was always good at it. You know, one guy won several races. And uh, But Jeffrey is really starting to come on as an outlaw figure eight driver. He's got hooked up with a good situation there with uh, Troy Hughes and everything. they got some good equipment, and uh, they've got that thing rolling, and a big win this weekend for them. So, yeah, I mean, there's no reason to think that he's not going to be one of the favorites in the 3R later on this year. So then you head on over a little bit uh, east from there. The Anderson Speedway was in action, as well as the Outlaw Late Models at Anderson. Thomas Raj in his only third event he started clinched the win there. Other winners were Chuck Cook in the Markham's Welding Front Wheel Drives, Jimmy Kirby, Noble Wine and Spirit Thunder Cars, John Robbins picked up the Thunder Roadsters. That's something we don't see much, but they will be at Mount Lawn Speedway uh, here at, I believe, Rain Tree 100 weekend, if I'm not mistaken. Now, Hawk, we're going to talk a little bit about where we were Sunday. Of course, the busy weekend continued for us. Sunday, we were at the Father's Day event at Mount Lawn Speedway up in Newcastle, Indiana. About a two-and-a-half, three-hour drive around that. But uh, the Vores Welding CRA late model sportsmen were in action in a 50-lap main event versus the Mount Lawn late models. And uh, Austin Coe picked up that win in that 28-second time in a row. I've interviewed Austin on that track. And... Uh, Last week, he picked up the Joe Pat James O'Connor Memorial in the Modified, comes out with the late model Sportsman, picks up that win. So two times in a row for that young man. The Red Bone Pizza and Chicken Crown Vicks were in action as Kyle Evans and the Red Number 4 picked up the win, and I believe they had 17 Crown Vicks as well. Uh, the JW Photography Stock Compacts were in action. Uh, Accelerated Race Car Parts Pro Compacts went to Zach Morris. And uh, do you? Uh, I didn't have the note on who won the uh, JW Photography Stock Compacts. Do you remember who that was? We didn't have it on our notes. That's what we were asking as we were there. You know, it's uh, all in one. So, yep, there you go, Robert Bryan. You know, this is kind of impromptu because you know we got all of our notes situated. But uh, man, good job by him as well. Of course, he team teammate of Christopher Gray's number twenty seven. So now I know exactly who it was. But now the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Car Series. We'll talk a little bit about that. They were down at the Smoky Mountain Speedway in Marysville, Tennessee, close to Gatlinburg. On uh, Friday night, they had a Twin 30 event. Smoky Madden, Chris Madden picked up the win in the first one. 49 of Jonathan Davenport clinched the second one. Of course, Jonathan Davenport coming off the Dirt Million win as they said they were going to buy a helicopter now. I think that's what Jonathan Davenport's team said they were going to do. So uh, talk to his crew chief. Pretty cool. Uh, then, of course, Chris Smoky Madden uh, picked up the $50,000 to win payday on Saturday. Then, of course, the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series was at Knoxville, Iowa for the dirt event Saturday night, and Todd Gillen won. But we want to give a shout-out to our good buddy Brayton Laster, who finished 27th, kept the fenders on it. I was actually on the way here listening to Sirius XM NASCAR Radio, and they brought up Brayton and uh, said he kept the fenders on it. Pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, anytime you can come out of a race without much of a scratch or a dent or tearing it all up, it's always good, especially when you're a young man like that. So I know he was real happy about it, just getting out there and racing and the thrill of it all. Get the finish. I'm sure he celebrated with some pizza afterwards. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's going to ramp us up for the first session of our show. Coming up next will be Nick Cooper, the driver of the number 44C machine. All right, welcome back to the Wild Will Throwdown here with you on this beautiful 12 episodes. Can't believe we've already made it to 12. Now it's time for our guest today. Please welcome the driver who picked up the National Compact Touring Series powered by RevX this past Sunday. 
the driver of the number 44C, Mr. Nick Cooper. Welcome, sir. Thanks for taking some time out of your day to be here with us. Thank you, Will. I really appreciate, uh, you know, asking me to be on here. It's really cool to sit down with you and Hawk and discuss a few things <clears throat> about racing. Uh, it's been a passion pretty much my whole life. So, I, you know, I like, like doing it. I like talking about it and really enjoy debating about it. So let's see how this goes. Now we talked a little bit, a little bit nervous. That's all right. I get nervous every time I'm on the microphone too. So before we get into the meat potatoes of things in this interview, let's talk about how you started because I always open up this interview. A lot of people come to me. They said, man, we'd love to learn about the drivers. There's stuff that we don't know about the drivers. Uh, so how did you get started and now up to this point uh, before we get into this weekend? Uh, I guess it all started when I, when I was a young kid, you know, going to Louisville Motor Speedway every Friday night and I uh, had a lot of family that raced and you know we we spent a lot of time going up to Salem watching racing we were at Louisville we were at Sportsdrome we went to Whitesville uh, went up to Speedrome you know quite a bit and of course watched the three hour that's you know been a lifelong dream so you know I guess as I become an adult I decided I, I wanted to give it a try uh, started out when the front wheel drive division first got going ran it for several years uh you know really enjoyed myself there the front wheel drives kind of died off a little bit there for a while so i decided to buy a dromer and i decided to buy an extreme figure eight car um so unfortunately at the time i was told that dromer figure eight probably wasn't going to make it very far so i decided to go with the extreme eight ride um got a lot of help from friends and family and sponsors we built one and uh, went hard at it for four or five years uh, had some excess had a lot of bad luck um, we we just just couldn't do it anymore um, so then a good friend offered me a ford figure eight ride and we chased a championship there led it up till i think it was two or three weeks to go there and had a couple bad nights and ended up second in the figure eight points i think that was um i don't know 2018 2019 and then uh, I decided to get back into front-wheel drive racing where my passion lies. That's where my friends race. Um, I've always supported Hawk with race eight. You know, I love figure eight racing. I love front-wheel drives. It's what I know. It's what I got a lot of parts laying around for. So I figured uh, let's get the buddies together and do a little front-wheel drive racing again. Absolutely. And of course, you've made uh, your breakthrough for front wheel drives. You definitely know how to get around those cars. So now let's talk a little bit about the state of front wheel drive racing today. You know, we asked Kyle Frame one week ago the same question. Um, kind of had, you know, he's on the VOR circuit now. Um, he races more of the pros, as we've seen. The reason being, he wanted to try some different tracks on the circuit. Um, you know, so now we, we've seen the evolution, I call it, of these cars. The factory, Hornets, whatever you want to call them on that low basis kind of go on up to now what we have is a pro front wheel drive which is kind of like the national compact touring series kind of like the vor circuit there's a lot of other ones out there even as far as dirt racing there are pros for dirt racing too you look at the scdra all that stuff as well so talk about a little bit about what you think um, is the direction that uh, front wheel drive is today uh well when we first started you know my first car uh, was just a car we knocked the windows of out of a field didn't even have a roll cage in it um, we, we put a roll bar in it and a stock seat and you know I, I didn't have fifty dollars in the whole car and raced most of the season and at that time you could buy fifty hundred dollar two hundred dollar cars cut the cages out 
you know street tires i i didn't know that tires made a difference at the time didn't know anything about it so over the years we've progressed further and further along and to now these these days these cars are as fast as street stocks and faster at some places um you know just a year or so ago at sports drum our front wheel drive figure eights were turning faster times than our uh extreme wing figure eight cars are now modified figure eight cars um so i mean it, it's definitely progressed into a race car and uh, it's it's moving in a great direction for what seems to be the traveling series you know they're they're running on race tires they're running the safety aspects they're running the big tracks the high banks i've got one myself i've started uh ran back in uh march at pensacola you know we had a had a good race down there and you know it really showed me the difference you're down there racing with the arca series and you know it just was a world difference than the local saturday night shows um but i I think they're going to keep progressing and growing into being a prime division at some of these tracks i I say prime like a a starter division for a prime divisions night like the arca series and you know late model stuff like that um but it seems like the the local short tracks you know between our tire shortage and uh, the the crown vic division coming along we're really kind of you know losing interest in the front wheel drives the there's a lot more work involved and there's so many different types of cars and so many different types of engines that everything is just so different than just paying thirty five hundred dollars and buying a race ready crown big um so it's hard to justify spending ten twelve fifteen thousand dollars on a front wheel drive to race a local saturday night short track show when you could buy a crown vic and go get started you know there's nothing wrong with either direction you go it's just an easier way to get started right now um so you know i I love the front wheel drives and i I hope we get the chance to progress and i'd love to stick with them and see where they go you know we're just going to have to see how things pan out over the next year or two like i said between tire shortage and fuel costs and traveling and you know we're we're just gonna have to wait and see what happens yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we talk about that. I know Harold and I have talked about this many times. It seems like every week we talk about the the progression of front-wheel drives. And uh, him and I, you know, we were at Mount Lawn this past Sunday, and we saw, again, they have two different types of uh, front-wheel drives that race there. You have, And most tracks don't do that, and Harold may contest here, but sometimes you don't see the same show have pro and stock compacts. You know, they had the pro compacts, they had the stock compacts. But Harold brought up a good point. Um, to one of the racers there that these cars are one of the most hardest cars to police as far as tech goes. Uh, how would you feel about that? I agree with that completely. Um, you know, every every type of car, every type of build, you know, there's always the next engine coming out in the next car. And, you know, nowadays we're still running the mid-late 90s chassis and we're putting 2000 to you know 2010 12 whatever engines into these cars so at the end of the day as long as the as long as the engines will fit in the cars and the rules will allow then cars are going to have you know more aggressive engines and more power and more done to them you know that's no different than uh you know running a street stock somewhere and running a good 355 or 358 versus putting a you know a 406 or a 434 in it you know as long as you can get more power everybody's going to get more power and it's impossible to police these cars and actually keep them contained when there's so many variations 
of engines, transmissions, chassis, years. It's it's just completely impossible. Yeah, no doubt. Now uh, let's kind of move forward a little bit. Uh, you know, this past weekend you picked up what was supposed to be the Roval 100 for the National Compact Touring Series. It became a 40 lapper, or yes, 40 lapper. Uh, but it was no secret we didn't have enough cars there. A lot of those guys stick to that oval racing mentality. They didn't want to do the road course type car, uh, of course. But you picked up the win. You did phenomenal. Um, it looked like you were having fun out there. Of course, what was supposed to be right-hand turns, kind of they switched the last-minute left-hand turns, which would have probably got a lot more cars out there uh, because of the setup on these cars. Because the figure-eight drivers, you know, it's no secret they have their car set up different than a, a regular left-hand turn car uh, who would do an oval circuit. But uh, talk about your weekend there and, uh, you know, great money on the line. You also got a great pair of Pit Viper sunglasses. I, had, I saw you had them on in victory lane, one picture. Uh, describe your weekend because I know you're a family guy and it was really cool to see all your family out there. Yeah, absolutely. We we uh, debated all week long taking the car up there. Um, the National Compact Touring Series cars are, you know, like some of these other touring series, they are well-built, very fast, high-horsepowered race cars. Um, and the the car that I decided to bring up there and run that race was a was a underpowered figure eight car, you know, and it, it's been hit multiple times. It's been tore all to pieces. Um, so I really debated bringing the car up there, and I didn't know what to expect. I knew they were going to outpower me. I just hoped that I could outhandle. Um, so at the end of the day, we made the decision. We came up there. You know, I brought my little girls and my wife, my family. They were all in the VIP. My brother-in-law won the Crown Vic uh, Roval race, um, and I was fortunate enough to win the front-wheel drive race. Um, the The race itself was an absolute blast. You know, the car count was bad, but I had a lot of fun just running the course myself you know by myself you know it's no different than a time trial on a road course so even just being out there by myself i was driving the car to its hardest and enjoying flying through the high bank and uh it, it really gave me a taste and curiosity to see what it's gonna feel like going around the big track and i'm really excited about that but i want to thank the ncts series for bringing us in and giving us the opportunity and I, there was the confusion on which direction the race was going to run i really hope that them guys try to come back try it again you know we get the information correct and we can bring in a bunch of oval cars bring the fast cars bring the slow cars we know we need all we can get and it, it's fun i promise you whether you're the fastest car on the track or the slowest because that transition from the high bank to the to the low track is absolutely awesome um, so, you know, maybe we can get it done again here, you know, next year. We, we just need the support. So it'd be cool, guys. Ask for it, commit to it, and come back so we can do it again. So now, yes, the National Compact Touring Series will be back at Salem in September, I believe. They're going to be doing the high bank race. That is the actual full high bank half mile at Salem Speedway, which a lot of, a lot of guys are you know, very excited about. Of course, a lot of people describe Salem as a huge high bank, 33-degree banking course with a lot of character, as it does. Uh, kind of reminds me of a Darlington, if you will, because some guys get off that you know, corners and they hit that wall up at top and it can take out a lot of people. And we saw that with Ray Ewing a couple weeks back and a uh, tough break for him. But, uh, you know, nevertheless, uh, let's talk about a little more going forward. Um, we have the 4th of July weekend race coming up at the Salem Speedway. We have decided to add the front wheel drives and we're going to make it an open class. Uh, it's no secret, you know, the car count 
everywhere is suffering. But at Salem Speedway, we had the front-wheel drives there, and hardly any came. I know you, yourself, and some other guys came. Austin came. Um, I, I, whoever You have to remind me, Zach came. Um, Zach don't want to remember that day, as well as a lot of other people. But uh, we're going to have open rules. Every track, uh, you'll run your rules there's going to be a lot of people there that weekend. Some tracks are off, so that's got to be a weekend that you're looking forward to. Absolutely. You know, we've got an opportunity there. The track has so many options from the big track to the little track to figure eight to Roval. You know, there, there's got to be more guys out here that want to want to come play and race and have fun. You know, it it gets kind of old staying to one track every weekend, and it's fun to travel, but, you know, there's – 30 there's upwards of 30 cars at brownstown every saturday night we have upwards of 20 at sports drome on our saturday night races the speed drums full of uh stock compacts so you know there's cars everywhere and all we got to do is bring them race them have a good time and we're going to have that option you know it, it's it's a lot closer to drive to salem and spend thirty dollars in gas than it is to drive halfway across the country so we've got a great opportunity here to do to put on a good show at salem on the fourth weekend so i mean i'd love to see the dirt guys i'd love to see the indy guys i'd love to see the anderson guys the sports drum guys you know we've all got race cars you know they're going to get beat up they're going to get scratched up but you know let's have some fun it's fourth of july weekend you know they've got big plans going fireworks show it's two-day event um bring the crown vicks bring the front wheel drives bring your kids let's let's have a good time yeah, no doubt about it. And it's really cool. I think Harold's going to try to make it on that second. That's when you guys race. Of course, he has other duties at Mount Lawn on that third. But uh, it's going to be a family atmosphere weekend, and that's what we want. And that's the cool thing about Salem, because where I announce at and call races from, I'm in the VIP booth. I'm separate from everyone else, but it's cool to see your family and stuff. They were excited to talk to them. But uh, Harold Adams, we'll talk to him a little bit, let him ask you a question or so. But this is one of your, you know, you've won one of his championships. So that was pretty cool. But uh, Harold Adams, Adams, man, uh, just uh, front wheel drives, uh, trying to make it every day. But the oval car count, it's great. Uh, the ovals are always fun to watch at Sports Drome Speedway. There's a tad a little bit of banking at Sports Drome. I don't know exactly. Do you know the number of banking at Sports Drome offhand? I don't either. <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, you're you're all about front wheel drives. But, uh, you know, Nick Cooper, one of your champions, man, I mean, he, he's hell of a wheel man. Yeah, he's been one of the uh, up front and center uh, drivers, uh, always there for me and uh, always there for the front wheel drive guys through all these years. Uh, of course, I've been running the uh, Race 8 Series there at the Sports Drome. Uh, started out just figure eight, and then we've done both oval and figure eight here the last several years. And I know uh, Nick here has won. Uh, uh, how many titles have you won there, Nick? Uh, have you? Even, I've lost track. How many you got there now? Uh, well, if you're talking races, we ain't got time for that. Um, but championships, I got the last Sports Drone Figure 8 championship in 2014, and then uh, I got the Race 8 championship there in, what was it, 2020, the COVID year. Um, and and unless, uh, unless Zach Minton can figure something out or we can get Bubby G up on the wheel, I'd say I'm going to take this one this year too. Well, I wouldn't doubt that a bit. I know you've always been a great wheelman. Like I say, a big African for figure eight. Of course, I'm a big figure eight guy too. So uh, when I started the uh, front wheel drive figure eight, I took it over. The, the The division was pretty much dead then. You know, it was 
10 years ago or whatever it was now and uh it's had a good run you know of course car counts down now it, you know it's gone back down again everything goes full circle it's a, a vicious cycle if you will and uh you know we're trying to figure out what we can do like you said guys that got cars around there's a lot of drivers around but there's also a lot of other divisions around a lot of series a lot of tracks so we got to figure something out and you know we're always working on it and everything and uh, but i know i can always count on you it seems like each and every time that we race and uh it's always good to see you out there nick thanks hawk i really appreciate it i will say um you know when the division died off the blast is what really brought it back you know the car counts were great uh i remember several there we had uh when the car count was gone we had a couple blasts back to back that we i think we started 22 24 figure eight cars and you know that's awesome to see and that there's no way that there's a lack of curiosity in this area for figure eight racing and you know they're, they're just cars so we need you we want you to race i want you to beat me come on like let's let's do this yeah no doubt about it and that's harold adams phrase now apparently he's using so my phrase was always watch out and i like it because now his is lookout and i don't think he realized he's doing it but he always look out and i'm watch out so we're some kind of out but every track we go to there's always a phrase we bust out but uh almost rhymed there didn't it that was good all right <laughs> anyways now i always 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 give a driver a chance to thank who he wants to thank whether it be family sponsors whoever but sitting right next to that number 44 car who would you like to thank on that 44c uh well the last few years we've kind of been hit and miss on sponsorship uh david noble painting come on board a few years ago and he's helped me out um bradshaw motorsports i've always got to thank him whether it's advice knowledge parts a car whatever the man's always got my back and helping me try to beat his own cars um so i really appreciate that from him uh, other than that, I, I really got to thank my father-in-law, my brother-in-law, Lynn Blanchard and James Blanchard for all they do on the cars, the welding, the row cages. Um, they, they keep me safe in the car. You know, they, they keep it safe for when I take a hit. You know, it, it's we got to we got to be able to wreck them as good as we can drive them. So them guys keep me safe. I want to thank um, my mom, my dad, my uncles that are always there at every race following me, whether it's right here at home at Sportsdrome or down in Florida or we're heading to Indy next month. I want to thank them guys. They, you know, they're always there. They've always got my back. And then of course my wife and daughters, you know, that they're, they're everything to me and there ain't nothing that makes me happier than McKenzie getting to bring a trophy home and hopefully I keep it up and Charlotte gets to one these days too. Um, so, you know, without family, the entire Blanchard family, the entire Cooper family, all my friends, my next-door neighbor, Zach Minton, my buddy Austin Scott, Michael Fields, Tony Fields, Super Dave. You know, uh, the list goes on, and I hate to forget anybody, but, you know, it's it's the little hands that aren't getting the publicity that helps you the most. So um, just want to thank everybody. You mean the world to me, and um, thanks for always having my back, especially the fans. You know, you guys are awesome. Yep, there's uh, no other um – people that of course my job as people know i always call myself a fan and driver advocate and uh you know that's the thing over the last three and a half years that i always tell people including you you know you can come to me anytime if i can answer it i will if i can't i'll send you off to harold if harold can't answer it he'll send you somewhere else that's what i always say um, but we really appreciate you coming on today uh giving us some insight around your front wheel drive career and whatnot and we appreciate you 
I really appreciate you guys having me on. It was a lot of fun sitting here, you know, on the podcast and off, sitting here talking, racing, joking around, having a good time. You guys are uh, pretty awesome at what you do, and I really appreciate including me. Well, there he is. That was the driver of the number 44C, Nick Cooper, of the 44C Pro front-wheel drive machine. Welcome back to the Wild Will Throwdown. Will Greenwell here with you, getting ready for the last weekend in June. It's hard to believe that we've come down to the final weekend, really the halfway point uh, from the 2022 campaign. Uh, but we'll head down to Sports Chrome Speedway first. It's going to be the Mid-Season Championship. Can you believe it? Jake's Gibson. Mid-season championship, of course, Jake Gibson, one of the pioneers at Sports Drum Speedway. Uh, what's going to take place down there is the Kentuckiana Tank Wash Modified Figure 8 Division, the ICA Dumpster Sportsman Division, the Affordable Ford Oval, Affordable Ford 8, going to be the KKR, that is the Kentucky Karting Racing Association. Didn't realize they were going to be competing, but that's going to be the Senior Champs, 385 Pro Clone, the Junior Champ Combo Class, and Minivan Figure 8, which is interesting, always fun to watch down there at Sports Drum Speedway. Then we head up the track a little bit to the Indianapolis Speedrome Autograph Night. The Street Stock Joe uh, Sheely Memorial, um, the 63 race. I haven't heard of that. Uh, mini late model oval figure eight fast carts, adult fast carts. Hawk Harold Adams, uh, always fun to watch the Street Stocks up at Speedrome. Yeah, they're really cool to watch on that little fifth mile up there, a little bull ring and those street stocks. They get plenty of them, over 20 cars usually. They'll have a lot for one of these memorial races. Joe Sheedy, uh, a gentleman that used to race up there for years, passed away a couple years ago. So I'm sure they have a good car count out there for that one. Yeah, my mistake there with Sheedy there on that one. That's why I kind of wanted to give it to you. That way you could uh, talk a little bit about that. Sometimes I'm not familiar uh, with the different memorial races around the country, but that, that's pretty cool. Always enjoy watching the street stocks there. Our friends, of course, these same owners as the Indianapolis Speed Drum over at the Circle City Raceway. It's the Marion County Fair. Of course, that racetrack sits on the Marion County Fairgrounds. Always fun to go up there, even if they have a Mexican rodeo. As you and I experienced. Same race day, they had a Mexican rodeo going on in the back, and that was a jamming race night, wasn't it? Yeah, I don't even know what was going on over there, but it sounded like they was having a good time, that's for sure. Too much tequila, I think. Um, but Friday the 24th, Crown Vicks, Hornets, and UMP Modifieds. You never know what's going to happen on this show, I can tell you that now. The 25th, Crown Vicks, Crate Late Models, and the UMP Modifieds. Sunday the 26th. Grocery Gitter Enduro Front Wheel Drive Stock Demolition Derby. Maybe Nick Cooper will take that 44C up there. Maybe he'll get a win there in that one. And Monster Trucks. Remember our good buddy Archie? They're tough. They're monster tough. <laughs> we always joke about that. Archie was a great guy, wasn't he? Yeah, I love Archie. I know a lot of people listening probably remember the old Freedom Hall Monster Trucks, and that's where he's famous from. But I know he kept doing it there for years till he passed away there last year. But, yeah, he's tough. He's monster tough. <laughs> I tell you, it's great. That's what he always said. It was the 2009 was the last event they had there because I was in attendance, and uh, I was almost I was out just a year graduating high school after that, man. Uh, but yeah, 2009 it was a great time. I think they had the wild thing. They had the old figure eight in there as well. They had rock crawlers. That was a good show. That was like a laid back. Just you felt like you were out there with some good people. It was a good show. But. Now we go up to a place where I will be calling on July the 16th, and that will be the second annual Buckeye Figure 8 Nationals. And last year it was presented by Mars Trucking. Don't know who the title sponsor is this year. 
But this weekend, it's fan appreciation night. $1 admission for the Iron Man figure eight, old school figure eight, Chargers, Warriors, Trophy Stock, and Rising Stars. Now, Rising Stars, a lot of people ask what that is up there. That is kind of like the Young Gun division down here. Uh, They start them very young up there, but uh, they even water the track for people that don't know. Yeah, that's like an old tradition up there, whatever it is. They like to water the track down for their figure eights. The old school figure eight and the Ironman. They've been doing that for years. They get pretty good, decent car count. They've got some great figure eight drivers there. Some of them's come down here, sports drone there uh, last year, a year or two ago. And uh, that's just the way they like it. They like that wet track and uh, just they say it's a lot of fun. And uh, they just they just want to keep doing it. They even tried it on a dry track one time. They said, no, let's go back to the to the wet track. So they did. And like I say, it's a tradition and they love it up there. Yep, for sure. And uh, then we head this Thursday night. Here we go. What did we talk about last time? Fair season is here. A lot of demos, a lot of tractor pulls, a lot of mud bogs, mud racing. Uh, But guess what? The old Thunder Valley Raceway up at Washington County, of course, Salem area, uh, they are hosting the fair race promoted by Brownstown Speedway. We will be on the mic there. It's kind of like a tour. We continue to go and go until we fall down no more, right? So, Super Stocks, Pure Stocks, Crown Vicks, Hornets, and our buddy Nick Cooper is thinking about it. That was on the show today. He might be in attendance there. But uh, what really worries me there, it's going to make it fun because guess what the night before is? They're tough. They're monster tough. It's the monster trucks. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, the track crew's got their work cut out for them for sure to get that thing back in line and ready to go for uh, Thursday night racing with, uh, you know, some good divisions that normally run it like at Brownstown. I think it's basically a Brownstown type of show run. So uh, I'm sure they'll get that thing worked in to work all day and get that thing ready to go for some good racing Thursday. Like I said, me and you will be on the mic, not the old announcer there at Thunder Valley. Yeah, uh, I think I remember him. Maybe not. But, um, you know, you, t- you talk about it. Jim Price, if anyone can get a track together, Jim Price is the guy to do it. He knows how to really work in a dirt race track. But there's two obstacles going to be thrown at Jim Price. One, monster trucks, but also it's going to be in the middle 90s, and that's going to dry out that track very fiercely. But it gives us entertainment to call that race. So we're excited for it. Good money on the line. And they did the release today. It is a UMP points night. Uh, for Brownstown Speedway. So that's going to be interesting as well. So that may more than likely draw some cars out. And, uh, you know, Brownstown had 17 Crown Vicks. We're going to talk about their program this week. But they had 17 Crown Vicks. was a great car count for dirt. Uh, Super Stocks, Pure Stocks, they had 22, I believe, Hornets as well. Uh, But now here we go. Brownstown Speedway this Saturday. I will be on the mic there. Uh, First time back in the booth since I first picked up a mic on June 25th. It will be a night of great racing. Five divisions, super late models, modified, super stocks, pure stocks, and hornets will be on hand there. Man, a lot of racing this week, a lot of racing next week. We are in the middle of the heart of summer, and in racetracks and fairs, a lot of motorsports. But, you know, the first part of the season, Mother Nature didn't cooperate with us. But like you and I talked about, that hot summer comes in kind of like a drought. Looks like we're going to get some racing in here shortly. But... As for Hawk Caradanas, myself, Will Greenwell, and my guest, Nick Cooper, today, we appreciate him. It's been so great on this episode 12. As always, please, please, please support your local racetrack, and I will see you around the turn here on the Wild Will Throwdown. See you, everybody. Have a good week. <laughs>